0: What's going on, family? This is Pastor Sergio Chavez, and I just want to thank you for tuning into the Hope Center podcast. The Hebrew word for worship is defined as to bow down, to prostrate oneself, to lay flat on the ground. And we see many Old Testament examples of people literally laying themselves down before the presence of God. I'm breaking down what worship is, what is worship. The Greek word in the Bible, whenever we find the word worship in in the New Testament, it always gives the idea, the Greek word gives the idea, it's almost as if when you kiss somebody's hand, it, it means to fall on our knees as one would do in the presence of a king. Worship means to prostrate, to lay, to honor, to reverence. The word itself, worship, comes from the Old English root word worthship or worthiness. Whenever you say I worship, it means that you exalt something or someone. It means that you that you that you size them to use uh, contemporary language. It means that you uplift them. It means that you place them in a high place. That's what it means to worship. It means to adore. And here's the reality: we. We We all worship something or someone whether we know it or not we all worship something or someone some people choose to worship cars some people choose to worship money some people choose to worship their career their personal ambitions and goals some people choose to worship their relationships and their friendships some people choose to Worship their shoes. I don't got none of y'all in the house that do that, right? Some people choose to worship the most uh, 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 random objects or inanimate things, but here's the thing. God placed in each of us the ability to worship so in each of us, whether you knew it or not, there is a God shaped hole in each of our hearts that only God can fill and satisfy. It's almost as if uh, 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 as if you have a shoe, right? We're talking about shoes and you try to put it on in a specific shoe that's tailored for your foot because uh, you may have a specific size and maybe some of you have weird looking feet and you got corns and bunions right imagine if you had a custom tailored shoe that was only meant for you but then you come with something that's not your size that doesn't match your fit and you try to put it on you ever try to put something on that didn't fit yeah you ever try to put some jeans on that didn't fit you ever try to put on for my fellas you ever try to put on your high school jersey it fit you like it's like it's, you're in the, it was in the pee wee leagues, you know what I mean? You're trying to you like you trying to go back and you're trying to make sure that and it quite, it doesn't fit anymore. So and, 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 and y'all, y'all know the trick whenever you're trying to make a shirt fit. What do y'all do? Y'all stretch it out. The thing is, you can try to stretch it out, you can try to put it over your legs, and you can maneuver and shape, but the reality is if it's not meant for you, if it doesn't fit, regardless of what you do, it will never fit, it will never satisfy you. And here's the thing, we have a God-shaped hole in our hearts and we can try to satisfy that need or that hole, that void with money, with cars, with possessions, with lust, with temptation, with sin, and it will never satisfy the core of what we really need we can only fill that hole and that void with God through the means of worship. You can try. You can try to get all the money in the world. You can try to get all the promotions in the world. You can try to get every girl in the world, try to get every guy in the world, relationship to relationship, job after job, career after career, and that will never satisfy the void that you have. Because God created a void in your heart that only he could satisfy, that He could only he could replenish, and it's through the means of worship. How do I know that? John chapter four, verse 23 and 24, we have that exact same story. There was a woman that doesn't have her name, they just call her the Samaritan woman, and she was going relationship after relationship. She was seeking to fill that void in her heart through men, but as you know, you can try to seek to fill that hole in that void, and you will never get satisfied. So here she was, this woman, She was having, I'm summarizing this. I'm giving you literally the brief synopsis. And so this woman is having an encounter with Jesus. And in the midst of this discussion, as she's having an encounter with Jesus, the topic of worship comes up. In the midst of Jesus confronting her because of her lifestyle, and and in fact, she was saying, I come to this well because this is where our people come to get water, and Jesus says these words. He said, he said, whoever drinks of my water, in other words, that receives the life that I give him, that it will be like springs, it will be like a never-ending well, it will be life, it will be replenishing, it will be in abundance, and throughout that conversation, here we end up in this very interesting couple of verses that is on the topic of worship. says in verse 23 we have that up all right follow me it says yet a time is coming and a time has now come when true worshipers will worship the father in the spirit and in truth can you say with me spirit can you say with me truth In spirit and in truth, they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. In other words, he was trying to break what worship truly was, because here this woman was trying to satisfy and fill the void in her heart. And then she brought up the topic of worship, but she was referring to a location. She was saying, this is where we worship. On this mountain and we worship at a specific time and so what Jesus was trying to break down to her is that true worship because that's what I want us to get to to be a church that truly worship what is true worship he was trying to break it down he said true worship is in spirit and in truth in other words worship true worship is not bound to a location and a time true worship is not bound for you to do that on a Sunday did you know that you can worship God at your home you can worship God on the highway. I don't know if you ever tried that, be careful, because sometimes you'll, you'll start, feel, I don't know if you've ever experienced, and you, something just overwhelming comes over, you start praying, worshiping God, thanking God, and you start getting overwhelmed with joy and with gladness. Anybody ever experienced that? And all of a sudden you almost start breaking in tears, and, and you're afraid to let those tears go because there's, there's people passing by and they might look at you like, what is going on with that person? I don't know about you, but I, I do the trick. I put my shades on, and I act like I'm talking to somebody on the phone. You can worship God in your car. You can worship God at home. You can worship God in the grocery store. You can worship God at church. You can worship God at your job. You can worship God in your room, in the bathroom. There is no place that is limited to true worship. It's not bound to a specific place and a specific time. He says it's, it's true worship is about spirit and truth. In other words, when you really, really understand worship, it's spiritual. In other words, you look past physical things traditional and religious practices because you can practice all the religion that you want and it won't be true worship to God. So he's saying true worship is a spiritual thing. When you look beyond just human sacrifice and when you look beyond just traditional practices, it's a spiritual thing. It's something that you do in your core. And then he says, it's truth. In other words, true worship is when you apply the word of God, the whole counsel of the word of God to your worship. Let me, let me move forward. Are you all doing all right, by the way? Are you doing all right? I'm just taking some time to really break the foundation of this down. Let me break down, if you're taking notes, what biblical worship is. Biblical worship has a priority, if you're taking notes. It has a priority. It's connected to a person and is bound to a promise. Biblical, whenever we look at the Bible and it talks about worship, it always has a priority, is connected to a person, and is bound to a promise. When you worship God, what you're doing, the priority is you're putting God first and foremost in your life. So whether it's singing songs, because that's a form of expression like we do here at church, what you're doing is saying, I may have come tired to church, but because God is first and foremost, I'm going to sing songs to him. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to clap. I'm going to put my whole body into this worship and praise experience because God is first and foremost in my life. Whenever you give to God, give to the kingdom of God, whenever you give a seed, an offering, whenever you give your tithe, that is an act of worship, and what you're doing is you're placing God as priority. You're saying, God, you are first and foremost in my finances. I'm not looking to give to anything else first. You are first and foremost. That is an act of worship, and you're making God priority. Whenever you serve in the church, what you're saying God, is, is God, you are first and foremost in my time and my talent so I give you my time I give you my talents because you gave me these things and because you gave me these things I place you first and foremost that is worship we have the ability the amazing ability to place God first in our lives because he first loved us I don't know if you knew that. The reason we can love God and the reason we can worship God is because he placed us as priority. The Bible says even when we were yet sinners, the Bible says that he loved us, he gave his life for us so that we can live for him. He placed us as priority. So true worship always has a priority. My question for you today is, have you been placing him first and foremost in your life? with the time that you have. Because we live in a society where we say, God, I don't have any time to serve you. I don't have any time to pray. I don't have any time. We always say, we don't have time. But here's what I found out, and I've mentioned this from up here before. The problem is not so much that we don't have time, is that we don't manage our time properly. I know it's gonna get quiet in here. That's all right, I'm gonna preach to you, baby. Because if we talk about going out, turning up, watching the netflix we find the time don't we vacation are we gonna make the time? because where there is a will they used to say there is a way it's not that we don't have time it's that we don't manage our time and so often we say god you know what you know what I, I, i know you've given me life i know you've given me these talents but i just don't have the time are you placing him first and foremost of your time of your talents because the abilities that god has given you he wants to use it for his kingdom for his glory are you giving him the talents placing him first and foremost because when you serve in this place for all of my servant leaders i want to declare a blessing for you whenever you serve in this place you're saying i'm placing god first and foremost in my life i'm not gonna waste time with my calling with my ministry god has great things for me so i'm gonna give him my talent because i want to worship god as i serve with your treasure, with your possessions. Whenever you worship God, you're saying, you are priority, God. There's always a person attached to worship, biblical worship, and that person is Jesus. Can you say with me, Jesus? Do I got anybody in the house that loves Jesus? All right, so your worship should be attached and connected to Jesus, not what he can do for you. So often people... Come to God solely for the benefits. Now, are there benefits to serving God? Absolutely. Can we live a blessed life? That's absolutely. But there's a difference between praising God and worshiping God. Whenever you praise God, you say, God, thank you for the things that you've done. But worship is saying, God, if you never do another thing for me, I still worship you. True worship is saying, God, even though you don't take me out of the trouble I'm in, I still worship you. I still say that you're good. I still say that you're holy. I still call you my savior. I still call you my redeemer and my healer, even when I wish I had somebody that knew what true worship was. God, even in my issue and my pain, I worship you even while I'm waiting for an answer. Do you know that, that, that a lot of people uh, miss out on the chance to worship because their worship is attached to their circumstance? If things are going well, then I will worship. If I get the job that I want, then I will worship. If I get the promotion, then I'll worship. But there are some other people in the house today that say, if God never did another thing for me, already done enough for me because he saved me from hell and condemnation and not only did he save me then he continues to save me he woke me up this morning he gave me the ability to lift my hands and see another day i worship you god even while i wait on an answer Even when my relationship is not working out, I still worship you. Even when I'm struggling at my job, because my worship is not attached to my condition. My worship is attached to the person of Jesus. True worship is always attached to the person of Jesus. Let me give you this last thing about worship. There is always a promise attached to worship if you're taking notes. So there's priority, there's a person that it's connected to and it's bound by a promise. What is the promise when we worship God? What happens to us when we worship God? We are transformed into his image and his likeness. Whenever you worship God. What you are saying, God, I'm surrendering to you. I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my time. I'm giving you my treasure, my possession. I'm giving you my talent, everything that I have. You are first and foremost. You are the person that I worship, and it's bound to a promise. Whenever you do that, you're saying, God, inspect my heart. Just like a surgeon, whenever he has to work, he has to cut open some things so that he can begin to heal, begin to work begin to transform and what happens when we worship God when we surrender it's about it's, it's, it's an expression it's an attitude of the heart that's what it really is it's an attitude of the heart it's not it's not simply a song it's your lifestyle it's the way that you live in submission and saying and saying like the king I, I reverence you I honor you every day of my life what you're doing is you're opening yourself up for God to transform your heart. There's a story in the Bible, in the book of Luke, that talks about a woman, we don't know her name. I like when the Bible doesn't give us names because that means you could put your name on it. At least that's what I always do. Say He ain't got no name, I'm going to put my name right there, Sergio, that's me right there chapter 7. It talks about a story. It doesn't tell her name. Let's read that here. When one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house, reclined at the table. A woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. You got to understand some context. See, the alabaster was similar, if I had to compare it to anything, it was similar to white marble. It was considered a precious stone of that time. It was costly, it was, it was expensive to get alabaster. And the interesting thing about alabaster is the way that it would, it would be used as a vessel because it was strong and so it would hold what it contained. And what people would do is put oils, precious and sweet incense oils, perfumes in these alabasters because that stone would contain the scent and and, and the odor. And the thing is, they would usually put things that were costly, costly oils, costly perfumes that would only be used for occasions that were that were prestigious and important like as if you were gonna when you were whenever you were gonna visit the king or maybe uh, let's use the example because I know all of y'all were talking about it let's just say you were invited to the royal wedding that's when you pull out your alabaster how many of y'all were, I know y'all were watching the, 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 the royal wedding y'all so imagine you get invited to the royal wedding and then you have your alabaster and so you say I'm gonna use it for this occasion so people will literally save their alabaster and what was in it the perfumes until an occasion like that came about let me tell you that the perfumes that were put in alabaster were worth a year's salary at times can you imagine your yearly salary placed in a perfume in this alabaster to be used for the perfect occasion so that's what's happening here. This woman brings an alabaster and she brings it before Jesus. I don't know how and when she found out that Jesus was gonna be in her vicinity, but she shows up, she just pulls up. Nobody invites her. She's just, just like some of y'all. Y'all don't get invited to the party. Y'all just show up, y'all just pull up. She said, I ain't waiting for my invitation. I'ma just sneak up, I'll sneak up in there. Watch this. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, She began to wet his feet with her tears. She wiped them with her hair kissed them poured perfume on them When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this he said to himself if this man were a prophet He would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is She is a sinner because you know whenever you worship God. There's always gonna be people around you. That's talking about you (laughs) Whenever you give your life to God totally There you go talking about God again. We'll see how long this lasts. Look how they live and talking about, they go to hope, look how, they, yep, yeah. go on, let me go on my Facebook, let me write a subliminal message right now on my Facebook about this. They were talking about her. But, but, but notice what she did. She broke the alabaster, because I didn't tell you this part, the alabaster was sealed with wax. The only way that you could open what it contained, you couldn't do it like the way we open our perfumes now. Just, you had to break it because it was sealed, because it was meant for, for, for one-time use. And so she broke it to give it to Jesus. And she began weeping. She began to worship him with her energy, with the thing that she possessed the more, the most. The thing that she was holding on to, a thing that was worth her yearly salary, she said, I'm going to break it for Jesus. That's That's true worship, y'all. True worship is when you say, the thing that has me broken, the thing that I hold on to dearly, the thing that holds me back, I'm willing to break it to get to Jesus the sin that was holding me back the addiction that was holding me back the comfort that was holding me back i'm willing to break it because i'm tired of living the same old life i need to be transformed by jesus you ever needed jesus that bad You ever needed God that bad? I don't know if I'm speaking to the right church, but let me know if I'm speaking to the right people. You ever need God when you run to people and go to people and they don't have answers? But God is saying, whenever people don't have the answers, just come to me. Cry out to me and I will hear you, please. She broke it. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. Jesus answered, Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. He said... He's giving he's he's trying to break it down because they're witnessing worship but they're criticizing the way it's being done and so he said let me break something down to you let me tell you why this woman is worshiping jesus answered, simon i have something to tell you tell me teacher two people owed money to a certain money lender one owed him 500 denarii in other words uh, uh a denarii was a day worth of salary right so 500 days of their work let's just say that you owe somebody 500 denarii, uh, and then other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back, so he forgave the debts of both. Now, which of them will he love more? Keep it there. How many? Who, who would be more grateful to be forgiven? Someone, someone was loan 500. Someone was loan 50. They're both forgiven. Who's going to be more grateful? That's simple math, y'all. Y'all looking at me here. I could tell which some of y'all stayed back in school. Y'all had to get some tutoring after school program. I was with y'all. That was me. Let's move forward. Simon replied, I suppose the one who had a bigger debt forgiven. No kidding. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house. He's speaking to them. I came here. You did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Let's move forward. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman from the time I entered has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. Let's go to the next verses. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in." Peace. Let me tell you, bring that, bring that ladder over here, Ruiz. True worship or the best kind of worship is often produced when we're the most broken. I hope that you caught that. How many caught that? Your best worship will often be produced in your most broken moment. In the moments that you're most vulnerable, in the moments where you feel like you don't have the answers, that is when we have the opportunity to produce our greatest worship. Here's the thing about worship, and I need you to understand. Worship, when it does, is it causes you to humble yourself, because you're not the boss. Jesus is. You're not priority. Jesus is pride. That's true worship. See the thing is when you worship God, pride and ego has got to be set aside. Some of y'all having a hard time with worshiping and truly surrendering to God because you got too much pride and too much ego. But that's why your heart is not being transformed. That's why you're not seeing God work in your heart and around you, in you and around you. You got to let that ego and that pride go. When you're vulnerable broken, that's when you can worship God. And the beautiful thing is, as you humble yourself before God, say, God, I don't have the answers, but I worship you because you are my father. You're my creator. As you humble yourself, God exalts you. God, I'm still waiting on an answer. Anybody ever had to wait on something from God? Come on, let's keep it real. Ain't that the hardest thing? When you're waiting on an answer but God wants us to have the faith today as we leave this room to say God even while I wait on an answer I worship you and as you humble yourself God will always exalt you here's the thing when you're exalted your perspective changes How many of you have been on a plane and you're, and you're, and you're on that plane 30, 50,000 feet in the air and what happens? You look down, you're all excited looking at everything, everything looks so tiny. What's happening is as you're elevating, your perspective is changing. So the mountain that you thought it was impossible to get over, as you worship God, you say, this thing don't look as big now. Because your perspective is changed. As you worship God, you're saying, God, I humble. I know some of y'all are getting afraid. Don't worry. God will exalt you. God will give you strength when you're weak. God will give you power and grace when you have none. When you worship God, you say, God, even when I don't have the answer, I'm going to worship you. God, even when I don't have the strength, I'm going to worship you. And as you worship him, your perspective changes. The way you view things change because you're not viewing it from an earthly perspective. People will tell you it's impossible. People will tell you you should feel guilty. You can't go to God. People will tell you you should be ashamed. You can't go to God. But as you worship him, even in your brokenness, you'll see that he is greater than your issues. He is greater than your pain. He's greater than your hopelessness. He's greater than your addiction. He's greater than the problem you're facing. He's greater, and so you've got to worship him even when you're broken. See, but the enemy doesn't want you to get to that place because as long as you stay on this level, you're going to stay stuck as long as you're here you're looking at the mountain you're looking at your guilt you're looking at your shame you're looking at your pride you're looking at your and you're bound to this but this is a season that God is calling our church to break out of that you got to break out of your comfort baby what's what are you comfortable in that you're not giving to God that's not allowing you to worship freely fully you got to break that today this woman broke the alabaster there's some people in this place, there's some things you've been holding on to, and God is saying, you gotta break that because as you break that, your perspective will change. Your heart will change. Your view will change and you'll be able to say to the mountain, be removed. Said if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you could tell the mountain to be moved. How can you do that? When your perspective changes worship your time your treasure your talent your abilities the person that you are your mind your will your intellect your emotion give it over to God you've held on to it for far too long and it's kept you in the same place that you're in why don't you try breaking that alabaster box why don't you try breaking from the criticism, the opinions of the people around you and say, God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give you my heart and my life. That's true worship. And I don't know if there's anybody in the house that says, that's the kind of worship that I want to give to God. Do I have anybody in the house that says, that's the kind of worship that I want to give to God? Amen. Let's stand to it. Thanks so much again for tuning in. I hope that you join us the next time. If you are in the DMV area, please make sure to come out on a Sunday at 1.30 p.m. You can find more information at myhopecenter.org. And you can also stay connected to us on social media. We are at My Hope Center on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So you can search us up, connect with us. And uh, I hope to hear from you all and see you all very soon. So until then, peace, love, and God bless.